Hello and welcome to an all new Marvel cast, Explosion Network's hub of all things Marvel. We're going to talk about everything MCU and beyond from Avengers and Defenders to Egghead and Slug. My name is Ashley Hobley. Joining me today is the ultimate Kieran Marchant. It is I here to tell you all the stories about my sister's brother's uncle who told me that everybody should give this podcast five star reviews. Wow. That was a good bit from you. Yeah, there you go. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> also joining us, the astonishing Dylan Blight. <laughs> Where's the Edgar Wright Cup? Hashtag. Yeah, Jimmy, now. Let's just say it off the top. I like the first time coming out of this movie, the only thing I thought was, yeah, it was good, but what if Edgar Wright directed it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. For, for, for people who don't know, Edgar, Edgar Wright was for a long time attached to do Ant Man. He's credited. As a screenwriter, um, he's also credited for helping basically spend years working on how to do the technology that to do the Ant-Man sequences, uh, and then creative differences, he didn't end up directing the movie. I think, which, read between the lines, means he wanted to make an Ant-Man movie that was his own, not one that fit into the, the MCU. MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things that forever I will always wonder what the Edgar Wright and just release the Edgar Wright script. Yeah, sure. I'll do, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Just the script would be then, cool. To, and then cool people, read, yeah. fans can animate it, and then we'll be like, oh, yeah. "That's what it was like." But yes, this episode we'll be talking about Ant Man. Imagine a soldier the size of an insect, the ultimate secret weapon. You give godlike powers to everyone, it's gonna be chaos. So how do we stop him? I know a guy. Scott, I've been watching you for a while. You're different. And I believe everyone deserves a shot at redemption. Do you? Absolutely. My days of breaking into places and stealing stuff are over. What do you want me to do? I want you to break into a place and steal some stuff. Makes sense. Are you ready to become a hero? Uh, released 2015, directed by Peyton Reed. Screenplay by Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish, Adam McKay, and Paul Rudd. With story by Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish. Uh, based on Ant-Man, created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Crowley Stoll, Bobby Carnavale, Michael Pena. T.I. Paris, Anthony Mackie, Wood Harris, Judy Greer, David Dashmissalin, sorry, Michael Douglas, <laughs> and Abby Ryder Thorsten. Uh, armed with the super suit with the astonishing ability to shrink in scale but increase in strength, cat burglar Scott Lang must embrace his inner hero and help his mentor, Dr. Hank Pym, plan and pull off a heist that will save the world. Karen, what did you think of Ant Man? It was just as enjoyable as every other time I watched it, and and it is, it's honestly great. Like it's not just the fact that um, Paul Rudd does a fantastic job as Scott Lang. Scott Lang is my favorite iteration of Ant Man, and I really enjoy his dynamic with um, Hank Pym slash Michael Douglas. I think Michael Douglas is fantastic in this movie as well, um, which is very surprising. It's always weird seeing Michael Douglas in this role. It's like fuck, you guys got Michael Douglas to do this? Okay, interesting. Um, but. I think not only that, it's just the fact that even the supporting cast is really, really solid. Like, it's really good. And there are moments in this where even, like, the 
this is a this is a movie where I didn't forget everything that happened in the middle. I remembered most of the movie well. Thank you very much, Dylan. Um, that um, like even just the I remember being surprised and everybody being surprised about uh the uh Anthony Mackie section in the middle way, which is really fun and kind of really leads in well to um Civil War. I actually never clicked about the timeline for this movie that this movie is actually happening like pretty close to if not during civil war in terms of how things are playing out and then leading on to the kind of extra scene at the very end or that's how it comes off of as yeah uh dylan what do you think about man yeah i uh i like both these ant-man movies very much they've made so far paul rudd's a very funny guy i enjoy him Evangeline Lilly should have been the star of both movies but that's all right we gotta they fix it up in the sequel um Explain it. I know, but I'll, I'll forever. I complained about it enough when Man and the Wasp came out. It's kind of turned into a, uh, one of my memes at this point. But um, Michael Douglas is very good in this movie. Everyone's really great. I, I think the thing with this movie is that I, I can't believe this movie got mixed reviews when it came out because I'm like, this movie is just classic, like just comedy action movie. Like even outside the whole MCU stuff, like it's just a typical, good fun, good old fashioned comedy action. Rob, where it's got like some really great special effects like never really seen before special effects that's still hold up uh i don't know I, i've this, seen honey season... shrunk the kids i know but this is, <laughs> this is this is this is next level come on now. You, you can't compare that shit um next level special effects very funny characters are great i love the back and forth between all of them I think one of my favorite lines, favorite parts of the movie that I laugh at every single time I watch the movie is just when um, Scott's like, I'm, I'm ready to change my life around. I'm, I'm not going to be a bur- I'm not going to be a cat burger anymore. I'm ready to do whatever you need me to do. And then Mike, <laughs> Hank goes, I need you to break into a house and steal some shit. <laughs> 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 it's like every time it just makes me laugh at the delivery on that. Yeah. Um, but th- I think mm, not all of, but. Often, a lot of my favorite MCU movies are just ones that kind of work on their own, obviously, that aren't, yeah. like, super tied into everything. And obviously, this movie has a couple core tie-ins. Obviously, the start of it, I don't think that's forced. The end of it, I don't think that's forced. Even the Falcon scene, I don't think is at all... I I, I still don't feel like that... I know some people complain they felt like that scene was just sort of ham-fisted to fit another Avengers tie-in. I think it works perfectly. It's like a nice time that actually makes sense. In fact, the whole joke of him falling out of the plane and then just coming across the clouds and th- them having this old print of what the, it's supposed to be like a warehouse, empty building or whatever, and they've just got completely the wrong blueprints. Like it works as a joke so well because if he's just the clouds evaporate and you see the giant A Avengers symbol and he's like, oh, guys, yeah. <laughs> we got a problem. Like, so uh, this one is, yeah. yeah. Uh, my only core problem with this movie. I'd say is like a lot of Marvel movies. I don't think the villain is particularly strong. Like from the outset, you're just like, what is this dude's fucking problem? Like, why does anyone take this dude serious? Like his his whole motive is literally Hank Pym didn't take me got, seriously enough, so I'm got, gonna rule the world. Like, yeah, he's got uh daddy slash mental issues. Yeah, exactly. And it just doesn't really it's, go anywhere. I mean it works for a movie because it's you get the cool fight scene at the end of it, but I still think that's the, in my opinion, I really like this movie. The weakest element is the villain, though. Even though, like, even him, where he's like, where Scott's trapped inside the the glass thing, and he's like, I wonder who's in the vet suit. <gasps> I know, Scott Lang, and I can tell you everything and all the pieces of evidence that led me to it. I'm like, he's a real what? evil man. I'm real like, wow, evil really smart. Why did you 
why did you let this all get to the, so, so that you could have the suit? That seems very yeah. flawed. Certainly want to rub know. it in oh. Hank Pym's face. Also, that part where he's like, "I came to the house the other night and I was going to kill Hank, but you were there, ruined my plans." Like, it's just that's a thing. lot and then of where they're like, they're like, "Oh, the particles are affecting your mind." I'm like, "Wait, has he been using them on himself?" Or also, they never mention that as a side effect at all, and then that line's just thrown out as a they, reason as to why he's a crazy no, bad they guy. They do mention it earlier. No, no, no. Uh, Michael Douglas mentions it earlier in the film where he's like, um, "The formula can mess with people's minds because of the particles." But they but, never say he's been, like, yeah, shooting shots into it. his fucking spine exactly, or something. because why would he be? Because every, up until very recently, <laughs> anybody who has anything. been, anything that's been sprayed with it fucking explodes into, like, it's a fine. little, like, snot bubble. Like, yes. it is, it's just, it's just so, it's like, this doesn't quite make sense if you're going to yeah, use that yeah. as the explanation for why he's going off the deep end. Yeah, definitely the weirdest part of the, the thing but it, i mean it's fine you get the i think it for the first movie i kind of like whatever I know. a lot of these comic book movies the first movie it. they're like, like oh whatever we'll just have a throwaway villain because we're gonna spend a lot yep. of movie just on the origin story so it's like sure whatever um i will say the, the one thing i really don't think this movie gets enough credit for how imaginative a lot of the action is like especially in this rewatch like i love as much as I think he's a ship villain, that final fight where they're like coming around in the bag and like the the phone Siri goes off and then you, it's like what it's like now playing disintegration uh, by disintegration by the, yeah oh like it's such a cool and all of that feels very Edgar Wright obviously I feel like that's the the more Edgar Wright inspired stuff that's probably left over from the script um and you've got these giant things running around the ants <laughs> the Thomas the Tank blown up one I mean. I don't think people really give enough credit of how, how imaginative the action scenes are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really love this film. Uh, I think... <laughs> uh, it, it. I think after these many rewatches of this film, I've like given away that the need for the Edgar Wright stuff, even though it'd be cool to check it out, uh, I think Peyton Reed does a great job. Uh, Paul Rudd is amazing. Uh, like, can't imagine anybody else in the role, I think, is like the perfect use of Paul Rudd. Uh, and he'll be able to play it for the next 50, 60 years because he doesn't age. Because he doesn't age, yeah. So, <laughs> get <laughs> multiple Ant-Man movies. Um, yeah, I think the chemistry he has with Evangeline Lilly is really good. Uh, again, he explains he's expendable, you know? And, you know, he was right. He got caught. You know? If that had been Evangeline Lilly, they'd all be screwed. So, I mean, he made the right decision. I think know? they proved in the second film that she... <laughs> She was just more capable out of the gate, so um, she probably wouldn't have just got caught. <laughs> is, my, is my argument? Mm, okay, yeah. uh, but oh, yeah. hold on. I just want to just on the Edgar Wright thing. I just want to clarify. I'm not like fuck this movie. I wish we got the Edgar Wright cut. I'm I like this movie, but as someone, it's always going to be a thing. You wonder. just for the sake of film history, I can't help but wonder all the time. <laughs> You're you know, the equivalent it, of Marvel Snyder cut. Apologists, aren't you? You're just a man. Uh, well, no, that, that's because people are like that. That's because that Josh Whedon's made. Justice League <laughs> isn't very good. And no, next week Marvel's going to announce the Marvel's yeah. going to announce the uh, the Edgar Wright cut is being released. No, what if one of one of the what ifs is Edgar Wright's version? <laughs> I know it's just like any of these sorts of movies where someone's pulled off very late. I'm always wonder what they would have looked like. There's there's certain yep. rare cases, and yeah, anyway. But yeah, really good, enjoyable. I think, uh, obviously, I really like Cassie. I think she's a really good kid actor. And obviously, Paul 
Rudd plays great against her and that like that setting up that relationship and why he's desperate to like turn over a new leaf that he can't turn over but yeah uh the action sequence is really good all the obviously the shrinking stuff like the initial sequence where he puts on the suit for the first time uh and gets goes through multiple floors of his building that's a bit concerning that there's all these gaps between between floors that people can just go through or water can go through um but yeah really enjoyable the team of guys he's got around him as well they're all enjoyable of course michael pena hilarious uh with his long rambling He's speeches. so good. The fact that they're like, you totally know in Ant-Man and Wasp, they lean into that even more because of how good it lands in this movie. They're just like, yep. they're like oh no, we'll just give him more screen time and do more of that. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, like you said, the Falcon bit was all great as well and made sense and, you know, totally took Falcon out. Like, beat him. <laughs> also, good job with, I loved Anthony Mackie having to do the lip uh, kind of mouth movements for Michael Pena's talking, like just it was just great. Just overall, it yeah, really it's interesting to think how they were shot. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, like they. Did, I assume they Michael Pena done... like recorded, yeah, they must... and then they must have had yeah. to lip sync. Yeah, yep, yeah, because it doesn't look sped up, and if it is, it's only slightly to the point that but it doesn't look weird. So the cadence on on the lot of words that. Pena is saying is very. Yeah, I assume they've they've listened to it yeah. on set. Yeah. yeah, they have to. I think so. Uh, by the way, shout out! I remember watching this for the first time in cinema. Cinema going, holy shit! Anna Arcana's in this movie because I I'd never seen like a YouTube <laughs> a YouTube that, show. That's who it a, is, right? Yeah. That's because I keep. I was like, yeah. I looked at this one. I was like, I know. Like, you. I, Where do I, I never got the from? lady who's fine? Yeah, I yeah. never got to give a shout out because because walking out, I'm like, oh, Anna Arcana, and then like the person I watched movie with was like. I don't know who that is. I'm like, fuck. Oh, that was cool. Like, never seen a YouTuber like in a movie before. Anyway, Listen, it was. It, it, it's a really good heist film. All right, really good. Yeah, mm, very good. All right, uh, let's talk about building the MCU. Obviously, we got Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Ant Man, debuted in the Avengers number 181, March 1979, created by David Michelin, Bob Layton, and John Byrne. Uh, what more can you say about Paul Rudd? I mean, it's great. He's got this obviously comedic timing. It's a great origin story of him learning to love all these ants. I mean, I love all the segments where he's obviously in the ant corridor or whatever. I don't know what they're called. Underneath the backyard know. and he just pops out. And training the, session. The training, training session, montage. The training montage, you know? And they, they would have had to like dig that. They would have had to like re relay all the grass and everything again so it could pop up again. They didn't really shrink him and record that, by the way, Ash. That's like special effects. (laughs) No, but like actually in real life, in the movie, they would have had to relay the whole backyard and then he would have gone back down. Or at least do it again. I don't know. Maybe it was all CGI grass. (laughs) They they did all that gardening and then he goes back down and pops back up. I like how this is something that's for and you're like, someone had to dig and replant that grass. <laughs> Crazy guy. Not the fact that it was just the fact that they just got rolls off a truck and just rolled the grass and just put no, I'm not talking about the people down. on set. In the film, like Hank Pym and that would have ever to fix up the backyard for him to go back down. Hank oh, so not the people in the film. You're worried about them fixing the garden after yeah. they're training. Do you mean sorry, yeah. do you mean the man that could telepathically speak to ants and just be like, hey ants? fix it that's a good point <laughs> um i i can't really talk like scott lang impressions is i can't really talk about it without like tying in the hank ping thing because um 
I always thought it was just a really smart choice to go skip Hank and go straight to Scott for the yeah. the most obvious things, being that Hank is more of a troubled character in comic book history, like alcoholism, beating up women, like among other <laughs> other things. So th- them going, you know what? We'll just make him old retired Ant Man, and we'll bring in the newer version. Skip all that, Scott, no. and we'll skip this all potential problems. Just a bad dad. <laughs> Yeah, but like which is a, a arc. <laughs> That's what we can overcome. even then though. I guess it, it, I guess it, it shows and plays off the. I guess for this movie, it plays off of, um, like Scott actually seeing another father daughter and what their relationship is like after the father kind of had abandoned them or kind of pushed them away. Whereas, like in reflection of his own kind of relationship with Cassie, um, I think it leads to some really interesting kind of reasoning and, and motivations for Scott as a character throughout the movie. Um, well, I guess we talk about Hank Pym. We'll talk mention him now. Obviously, Hank Pym, the original Ant-Man, debuted in Tales to Astonish, number 27, January 1962, created by Jim Starlin, uh, of course, played by Michael Douglas. Uh, obviously, does plays his role brilliantly. You know, he's got, he's got his own tricks up his sleeve, you know? So the yeah. entire time, he's got that tank on his key ring. Yeah. He is great in this, and Michael Douglas does a really great job at the role. Um, I mean, it's, per- it's just perfect for the sort of retired mental version of it, I guess. Um, shout outs also to the at the the start of this movie being, I think, holding up quite well for that de aging technology. Since this one was from 2015, I thought de aged Michael Douglas actually looked quite good in that scene. Um, alongside yep. the the makeup effects to make some of the other actresses look uh, like uh uh what's his face uh angel carter look a bit yeah older or whatever yes highly out well yes yeah that's interesting uh then we've got evangeline lily as hope van dyne uh debuted in well uh, a hope van D- or hope pym debuted in a next number seven april 1999 created by tom defalco and Ron Friends, uh, in the MC2 universe, which is an alternate universe, in which she is the supervillain Red Queen. Uh, but they kind of repurposed her, obviously, for this. And then subsequently, the next year, they uh, created the character Nadia Van Dyne, uh, who is the current Wasp, or the replacement Wasp. So all yeah. uh, any comics I've read with Wasp in it, obviously, she's a little buzzing around bee Wasp. The, the typical wasp. Um, so her, her tease is becoming the wasp and then her eventual becoming the wasp in the sequel. Ice Spot was really... It, it was a good direction to, to take that character. Right. I, I think if they tried to do the actual wasp, like the, the one that everyone knows from the comics, or even if it was still Hope Van Dyne, but they, they still did the same sort of wasp, I think that would have been rather silly. I think yeah. in live action... Like having a having another suit that's just the same as Ant Man's and or slightly different, I guess. Um, but same sort of thing is a just more grounded. Leave, I guess. Leave that silliness for when Squirrel Girl gets her own movie, you know? Yeah. Well, sure, Guardians so. of the Galaxy three, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, then we've got Cassie Lang, played by Abby Ryder Forston. Uh, debuted in Marvel Premiere number 47, April 1979, uh, credited by Stanley, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Uh, great kid actor, you know? Very happy she's in the second one. And then, it's a real yeah. shame they had to knock her teeth out to get it for this movie, you know? Yeah. 
Really unfortunate. You know, she really loved that ugly bunny. Yeah. She is actually really great. That's a rather adorable scene where she's just like, it's so ugly! <laughs> and then just <laughs> runs up with it. Um, I, I know I was talking about this off recording of it the other day, Ash, but re-watching this, do you think the timeline makes more sense? Because we was trying to work out like, oh, she's probably like, what, eight to ten or something in this one, was guessing, and then like the sequel, no, she's, she's probably like... <laughs> yeah, now, I don't know, like, now I think so, about it, I don't think she's like six, seven. Six. Like, yeah. yeah, so then in the sequel, she's probably around that eight to ten ish i think right eight to ten ish yeah and then yeah and then the and then because avenger infinity war and all that's like a couple years later right Sorry, that's and five the, years there's a five year gap yeah so it makes yeah, sense so like she, she make comes a late teenager yeah uh, so it makes sense to recast her yeah i guess i guess i don't think exactly she'd only, be, she'd only be about 15 by the but we, I guess we don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll work it. I guess we also don't know. We also don't know if that scene um, with uh, freaking where they all disappear and and uh, Scott is stuck in the freaking no. what's my mini verse? verse, whatever the yeah. fuck verse it's called. Yeah. Um, we don't know when that takes place technically chronologically. It happens during the Infinity War. No, no, no! It happens during Infinity War, but we don't know how the time dif- the time difference between that scene and the rest of that movie. Well, I guess it would be the time difference between Civil War. Oh no! No, because no. Yeah, it, well, there's not that many years between Civil War and Infinity War. Uh, yeah, I think it makes sense. It's about spending too I'd, long on it. I think. Yeah. I think if you go five we'll years between Ant Man and Endgame. And then if you say that Ant-Man, uh, whatever the sequel, the third one's called, is even like a couple years after that, then she would be getting close to that like 16, 17, 18-ish range. Like, yeah. whatever uh, they want to say how old she is in that third one, it, it's getting, it, it's all right. It's, it's pretty clear they just recast a bigger name. That's what happened. Well, uh, obviously, but I still wanted to as make some, who, sense, as, <laughs> some sense. As, as well as the actress who starred in, in uh, Endgame, not getting told. That she was being replaced. That's not great. Not a great look by Disney, but what do you expect? Yeah. You know, it's hard times. Isolating from each other. Um, Budget cuts, Disney. Stan Lee signing for this episode. Stan Lee appears as a bartender in a story Louise tells to Scott Lang, explaining that Falcon was looking for him. Easy payday for Scott, for Stan Lee this episode. I wonder if he ever got paid for these. Probably. I mean, I guess he would have to, like legally. You kind of have to. Um, I don't yeah, think I'm sure he has to be like a member of SAG, be... and then you know he has yeah. to. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure there would be if he if it ever got out that Disney didn't pay him anything to do these, that would be some kind of abuse Elder or taking pay, yeah. advantage of elderly or some shit like that. Would yeah. Yeah, that would not go down well. Can't help but wonder. All right, uh, Kieran, what's the most marvelous moment from Ant Man? The most marvelous moment. I think is the uh, for me it's the it's the Falcon fight. Like I really enjoy that fight in terms of um, the character kind of dynamic between Falcon and Ant Man, uh, as well as for me it's just a, it was. I remember my first time watching it. It was a general surprise that that's where they were going and 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 just where it was developed. I thought it was really good. Dylan, what's your most marvelous moment of Ant Man? 
diving through that suit and entering the multi the the small small smaller smaller microverse quantum verse that's the word for it yeah i mean that's the moment that scott lang in this movie goes from oh he's a funny guy trying to be a superhero to he's got that suit true superpower sacrifice like moment um that's uh yeah that's that's the moment yeah really interesting the way that he gets back up he just I mean, sticks the big in one back in. Throws the in other theory. piece out. Yeah, in theory, it works. I wouldn't. I don't. I can't complain. I don't know any of the science, but okay. That's uh, why I don't question it. Uh, so many great moments. Uh, I'll just go the the yellow jacket Ant Man fight. You know, mm-hmm. great Could- Tom's the tank engine. Great licensing there. Uh, and then just getting hit, and it's not actually do do it does any damage because obviously yeah. they're. Their body density is actually huge people. Uh, Just as like a random point, Darren Cross is an expert marksman. He shot an ant out of the air. Yeah. Like, could could you imagine shooting an ant? Like, just just, just like that's 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 you know what that's Poor, a little hard rip, to believe. Rip Anthony. <laughs> Poor Anthony. I don't think he meant to. Kit, he was just shooting yeah, at everything. No, but the fact that he still did it even by accident is kind of impressive. Well, when you've got like a million ants all flying at the helicopter, you're about yeah, to but get you one. shoot the one with the person riding on it that's from a bad. helicopter. That's just bad luck. That's what that is. <laughs> that's just bad luck. Can I also shout out the fact that this movie's under two hours and how great that is? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, also, like the shot of him obviously getting smacked into the bug zapper. Mm. That's pretty good. You know. But he gets caught, jams in the little little things, gaps. That's why Ant-Man needs to add the little arms to his thing. They help. I will say, I really like Judy Greer and uh, Bobby Cannavale. In this, even though they're kind of the bad guys because they won't let him see Cassie. Like, but then they turn around, so... Okay. <laughs> super fu- nice. You bought, you bought a super villain into our household and then saved her from it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're all right with us now. I'm going to lie to my boss. Yeah. I don't think anyone's on their side when he just turns up. It's like, well, it's her birthday. Can I not see her for like 10 minutes on her birthday? And they're like, no, nah, get the hell out of here. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, Pay child support. Like he, like he was a non-violent well. crime, for fuck's sake. It's just very... very it's a indictment on the criminal the system thing, in America. The other thing was, right, the whole point of um, Hope calling the police on Scott after he broke in the second time, I was like, do they know? Was, like, A, that was a dick move, but B, fuck, they kind of, like, the police kind of attended very quickly. Not a lot of time in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess they have to be fast there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Ant-Man, and of course, the film ends with the teaser. One of Civil War, well, that's fine, but of course, Hope getting it, suit. Um, yeah. So, looking forward to talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp in a few All weeks. I can say is I enjoyed watching this so much, it just made me want to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp straight afterwards, and knowing that I have to sit through a couple of movies before then, kind of disappointed, to be honest, because I, I, I enjoyed this one so much. Yeah, what off I, movies are there left on the track? I got to sit through Civil War. Uh, what's after that? Are you saying Civil War's bad? Oh, it's like 50-50. Half's good, half's okay. What's after Civil War? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy 2. Yeah, so Spider-Man Homecoming. 
Yeah. Thor Ragnarok, Black yeah. Panther, Avengers yeah. Infinity War, then Ant-Man and the Wasps. So there, yeah. there's so a it's few ages films. away. It's ages away. It's fucking ages away. And you're like, oh, you got to sit through some films. Yeah, I got to no, sit no, through no. some but films. No, no, no. But you said you have to sit through some like bad films. No, like, I just said I have to sit through some films. I wasn't oh, saying bad I films. You said I, bad films. Well, I mean, if, if you're asking my opinion on Civil War, Civil War early, then yeah, it's 50-50. But no, I mean, I was just, I was, I was enjoying the movie so much. I wanted to watch the second one, but I have to sit through like, have many of you see just said like six fucking movies. Some of them I really like. I'm not saying that they're all bad. I'm just saying I enjoyed this movie so much, it made me want to watch the second one straight away. Yep. That's supposed to be a positive overall. That's a positive. <laughs> all right. Moving into our comics recommendation, this episode picked Ant-Man, Second Chance Man, star, uh, Ant-Man Volume 1 to do, uh, Ant-Man Issue Number 1 to 5, uh, written by Nick Spencer, uh, penciled by Ramon Rosanis. Uh, it's a Scott Lang story of him uh in the comics continuity which is weird because for a long period of time he was dead uh so uh i only got like two issues into this one obviously time restraints here at the explosion network right before we went on holidays um and it it opens with him breaking into tony stark's apartment because he's trying to get a job at stark industries uh but you know tony's making him jump through hoops uh is this one from a couple years ago what is this coming from a couple of years ago? This is ago? from 2015. 2015. Why I've read this? I've read this as well. <laughs> I, I read this when it I read this when it came out. I read this when it came out. <laughs> I know I did. I was getting on here to go, sorry, I didn't have time to read the comic. <laughs> I've read the first volume or so of this. Yeah, no, it's pretty good, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read this when it came out. I was, I was buying this monthly. Yeah, no, this one's all right. Yeah, so it's, it's very much a redemptive story. It's crazy. What a, well, do you want to you talk about Dylan? You read the entire thing. I can't remember. I, I said I only read the first volume. What a, no, I just remember that opening. Uh, I can't remember all of that. But as you're describing that opening scene, I was like picturing the panels in my head and I'm like, wait, <laughs> so I read this. <laughs> um, no, I just remember it being funny. I remember having like a, a self. I wanted to read more. I think I've actually probably brought more. I just never got around to um, to reading it. I never read a Scott Lang comic before this one. So, I mean, I know like, I guess it's kind of biased when you've only read one comic about a certain character. And I was like, well, this one was good. So the rest is, must be good. But um, it's certainly, because this was after the movies and I felt like it was sort of, was it does it does it not feel like it's potentially playing more to the comedic side of yeah, the Yeah, I feel the like it obviously was they knew what was coming at the very least and yeah. released something in a similar tone. Yeah. Yes. Cuz it was tonally more of a comedy than a cuz if you read any old Ant-Man, obviously there's a lot of like I'm a fucking scientist, bro. Like I could do science and shit, dude. Like yeah. I created Ultron. Bloody Hank Pym. Whereas this this one, I was like, wow, this straight up kind of feels almost like a Deadpool comic, but it's kind of like obviously not four four breaking. And I just mean like the what the it was a lot more comedic and like pace, and it wasn't actually that much from memory. Um, there's a lot of just still like there's not much talking in that first issue or something. It was a lot of just like kind of jokes happening in a in a dialogue and that kind in a of stuff. Of, yeah, yeah, in dialogue, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Kieran, what do you what do you think of it? I think it's a really solid run, and I think especially for anybody who hasn't read much Scott Lang stuff, I think it's an excellent introduction. It's a weird, it is a weird starting point considering he has just been brought back from he's just been brought back from the dead by Doctor Doom, who had his moral compass inverted and used the abilities of Scarlet Witch to resurrect him. But let's not dive into that section. It's it's more it's more discovering. Um, 
Scott Lang and more the human side of him of having to reconnect with his family and kind of go into this Stark Industries position. Um, and then the choices he makes around that, which are actually fairly interesting. And it's it's a fun read, definitely. The, the humour is top class and definitely kind of echoes a lot of what was done in this movie. So yep. just open my comicsology account. I've read the first five issues. <laughs> so you've read exactly what is... Oh, yes. Is that all there is? <laughs> the set, Did I finish it? <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the, <laughs> end of the first issue, it turns out Cassie's getting moved to Miami. So the, he moves to Miami. And then he decides, much like in the second movie, to set up a like security firm uh, in Miami. And then one of his first hires is a man inside a bare exoskeleton. Yeah. It's, uh, so I that's the top book this is. Yeah, it's uh, he gives no fucks. It's really great. It's really fun. It's pretty fun. But that's only because that's only because the guy in the exoskeleton got him confused for somebody else. And was yeah, he thought him. he was another Ant Man. Yes. Uh, he, he whatever Stuart O'Grady and whatever, and he's like, man, sorry, but I think he's dead. <laughs> I think that Ant Man died. You're not going to be able to get your revenge. You're disappointing. So yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so that brings us to the end of this episode of All New Marvel Cast. Let us know what you thought of Ant-Man! What do you think of the comics Ant-Man's Second Chance Man? Uh, by telling us all those, your thoughts, on Twitter. Find us on Twitter by going to explosionf.com slash Twitter. On our next episode of this MCU rewatch, we will be discussing the before-mentioned Captain America Civil War. Will Dylan think it's better than 50-50? Find out. So be sure to make sure you watch that film uh, and join us next time for another all new Marvel cast. I think it says something, the fact that... Because obviously I don't know the name because they don't name the comic until after like the run's finished, right? So I didn't know it was called Second Chance, man. But I think the fact that you're describing the opening issue and my brain went, wait, I know that means that I must have really enjoyed it enough for my brain to retain that much information. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs>